breaking news. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure. Welcome to the Hot Take Hot Box for the first ever, I believe, emergency podcast. Uh, I mean, th- we are fresh. Just got the news about an hour ago. James Harden is a Philadelphia 76er. He has been traded today for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two unprotected first-round picks. We will get into all of the details, how we feel about it, everything, where this leaves us. We are here to talk about all of that. Like I said, my name is Matt McSweeney. This is the Hot Take Hot Box. And as always, thank you for joining me. Wow. I mean... Now, let's just uh, start off by saying, you know, I am over the moon. I have never in my life been more excited as a Sixers fan. And I don't I don't say that lightly. I, I'm, I've told you, I have chronicled it on this podcast, how rough this past year has been for me personally as a Sixers fan. Being at that game seven, watching the collapse, the, the Ben Simmons turning his back on the city, on the team, on everyone on himself pretty much and just the whole saga and the black cloud that has hung over this franchise and this team for the last almost a year now and it's gone that the Ben Simmons saga is over okay like, like before we even get to James Harden and who they got him for we got rid of Ben Simmons finally we don't have to talk about him anymore we can watch him you know whether he becomes the greatest player to ever live or he continues to disappoint and never live up to his potential in Brooklyn. That's not our problem anymore. And now, you know, it may be when we have to eventually play them in the playoffs or, you know, uh, we're, he's going, we're going to have to see him. Okay. So it's not like when you trade Carson Wentz to Indianapolis and, you know, you don't really have to, you maybe see him once every four years or what, whatever, you know, with this situation, you traded them pretty much in your division. You, they're one of your rivals, a team that you are, you view as a threat to, contend with you for the Eastern Conference. Then matched with, you know, there's the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are, are the best team in the Eastern Conference. And then, you know, you have all these other periphery te- uh, teams like the, the Heat and all that. But now the Sixers have put themselves very uh, staunchly and, and have uh, cemented themselves as one of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference by getting James Harden. They now have two of the best players in, in any given playoff series or any given matchup that you that you can think of. You know, like the Nets will have the star power. It'll be Kyrie, you know, but Kyrie can't play every game. There's there, there's all that drama. And when we play the Bucks, we're going to have you know, two of the best three players in the entire in the entire uh series. So it, it's um I don't know if words or there's going to be able a, a way to quantify how huge this is. All right? We're talking about James Harden here who everyone knows James Harden, everyone knows what he's capable of, his abilities. He's 32 years old right now, and he has already opted in for next season. That, that is per Adrian Wojnarowski. He has already agreed that next year he will play for the Sixers. He accepted his player option. So that gives the Sixers the peace of mind and gives them all of every reason in the world to make this deal because you don't have to worry about uh, him you know, making a trade, trading all of your assets and players, and him bouncing out after the season. And him going and signing with someone else after you just traded, you know, multiple assets and just, uh, you know, really stripped your roster of any of its depth and all of its talent 
and having a guy just leave after the season and going and signing with whoever. Now, he didn't really have many options to go and sign with different places, and uh, it's very apparent that this is where he wanted to be. It's obvious he was not happy in Brooklyn. He was, uh, you know, he's been either faking or deal. you know, it's seems like this hamstring injury was a little bit of a farce sort of thing, and uh, there was a lot of reports that he was telling you know, management and people in Brooklyn that he did not want to be traded. But on the other hand, he was, you know, getting a new agent and and trying to backdoor a deal, you know, behind the scenes. I think uh, there was a report came out today. Adrian Wojnarowski said that he did not want to formally request a trade due to the public backlash that he may receive because, you know, you look at it on face value. He plays for the Nets. They have three, you know, those three are a triple headed monster that is, you know, it's that's like nuclear capabilities. They, they they have all the talent in the world and guys who have, you know, that those are three top ten to fifteen talents that exist in the NBA today. You know, and and you know you can't really say they're the top ten best. I mean, KD for sure, but Kyrie with, you know, half in half out can't really play every game. You know that that's a whole situation. And I think a lot of that kind of started to add up with James. He didn't want to be the guy carrying a team anymore. He's done that for so long in Houston. He won multiple MVPs, and you know he just was sick of that. He, when I think part of the you know agreeing to go to Brooklyn or liking you know or becoming uh, okay with the idea of going to Brooklyn was the fact that he wasn't going to have to. He could just you know be a part of the team. He didn't have to carry everyone. And now KD gets hurt. Kyrie can't play all the time and he's just like I I you know th- this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So he eventually, you know, starts to secretly make a move for his deal and you know kind of uh, work his way out. Now that's great for us because we were sitting here the last couple weeks talking about how maybe maybe he's not maybe we're not going to trade Simmons. Simmons is a, a an asset a depreciating asset, you know, he the last time we saw him out there, he was shooting, you know, a little bit over thirty percent from the free throw line in the biggest games of your season, you know, in the playoffs, and he just was awful. You know, he, he was a detriment to the team on offense. You know, defense, he still will always do his thing. He's a, he is an absolute talent on defense, but it's not enough to outweigh what the negative that he gives you on offense and the fact that he's making thirty five million dollars and he's giving you like Matisse Thibel level, uh, you know. Uh, scoring, uh, I should say, because you know, offensively he at least could handle the ball and play a little bit of point guard and whatnot. But he still, it, it just, it was not a good fit. Okay, it never was, especially due to the fact that he never developed how to how to shoot, learned how to shoot, or wanted to shoot. You can shoot all day long, and you can try and develop your game, and you can, you know, we we've talked about this at nauseum. He never got any better. He never wanted to get better. He was fine with the status quo. That was good enough for him because the checks kept clearing. He could continue to make all-star games and get the accolades, the praise, and the support. And things would just carry on. It's okay. Winning was kind of not not a uh, not a necessity. It wasn't. It, it, that's not the thing that was driving him. And that's you know that's not necessarily the player we want now. You could argue James Harden is in, in the, not the exact same boat, but is a very it's a very similar situation. He is not, you know, a guy. He's quit on now two teams, and he has forced his way out. And he, you know, seemingly has 
hamstring issues all the time. He has broken down towards the end of seasons and looked like he's run out of gas towards the playoffs. That you know, all those narratives and and talk can will continue to persist and will you know continue to float around this team until eventually the playoffs come around and he's able to you know he gets an opportunity to right that wrong. For right now, it, it, it's the per, it's the perfect deal for us. For the 76ers, you know, we don't really care for the net about the Nets. The fact that we were able to get James Harden without giving up Matisse Thybul or or Ty- Tyrese Maxey is an incredible, in my mind, a huge steal. Huge, huge, huge steal. Now, do we love giving up Seth Curry? No. Is it okay? Is it is, is that a price of doing business? Absolutely, without question. Uh, that will not stop me from making any sort of deal like that or anything of that nature. Giving up Drummond. Now, you know, we're going to need a backup center and we're going to have to figure something out along, you know, along those lines. But is is that a thing that's going to stop me? No, not at all. Now, I'm really glad, like I said, I'm really glad we didn't have to give up Thibault because we still needed a guy who can go out and guard the other team's best player. Guard a perimeter player that can give him hell and make his life more difficult. You know, that was used to be Ben Simmons and, you know, and now he's going to be playing against us. He's probably going to be guarding James Harden in, in the playoffs or, or when we play. So it's, you know, we, we're going to need another guy to match up against, not necessarily him, but, you know, Kyrie or even a KD, uh, you know, because you're going to, someone's going to have to guard KD. So we're able to keep two of our young, um, blue, kind of not blue chip, but just our young developing prospects who we are, you know, we're going to need guys like that for the future, for depth, for just their ability to do different things. I told you I did not want to get, I was no, I had no problem giving up Thibel. Thibel was not going to be the one that would stop me from making a deal. Maxi was because I just feel like getting rid of all your guards and then putting Harden in, in a similar situation again where he has to handle the ball at all times is just not, it's not fair and it's not going to work. You know, you need... Those guys now can take the pressure off of each other and actually play, you know, play. We're going to have a legitimate back, a backcourt that can, that's not like hindered at all times that, you know, like, like Curry was in, in the same breath as a JJ Redick when it came to like, he was better at defense, but it, it was a, a guy that, that other teams would seek out in these playoff series and just go after, you know, you want to go after him because he's just not, he's not a strong defender. He can make shots and he can, you know, handle the ball a little bit. But even then, they didn't trust him to leave him on the floor for, you know, as a backup point guard and, and you know, trust him to run that run that uh, that lineup. When you're running the lineup with Korkmaz, Niang, uh, you know, Thibel, Drummond. I mean, that lineup the other night when, when I was at the game for the Suns was horrific. Horrific. You're asking for trouble with Cork. I mean, when you have Korkmaz playing point guard, it's that just ain't it. That is not it, and that, and I'm glad that now we have two legitimate pe- like point guards or ball handlers that can they can sp- like I hope Doc can figure out the lineups and space them out so that that second lineup doesn't have to run around without a guy who can actually run the offense and, and kind of uh, keep the ship afloat, you know, because you can now spell Maxi into that lineup and have him play point guard, and now it's not we're not you know being being hindered or held back. We have a more well-rounded lineup now. It seems like we're going to have to... It's Now, we are way more attractive in the buyout market than we probably ever have been, right? 
We're going to need another center. We're going to need another kind of spot-up shooter. We're going to need some more shooters, you know. That 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 never hurts to put around, uh, you know, a guy who is a triple-double machine like James Harden and, and uh, Joel Embiid who's constantly drawing double teams now. And now it's going to be nearly impossible to double-team him with a guy like Harden on the floor. So it, it just makes everyone's life easier and... I don't see how we don't, we're not one of the, you know, we're like the, one of the leaders in the clubhouse now in, in the Eastern Conference. We are absolutely built and ready to go. And, and like, we just have a couple minor things to fix, a couple holes to fill, and we are right there. We are absolutely right there, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Starting, and now, not, not to even mention, you know, Tobias Harris gets to stick around. And I, I was of the mindset that, I didn't. I wasn't necessarily like dying to get rid of him or move him at this point because he has shown me hit the gro- like the growth in the last couple months of his ability to play with Joel Embiid, be his running mate, and give you know like I've talked about on this podcast tw- twenty plus points for Joel. Help him out. Someone just needs to help him out while Embiid's scoring thirty every single game, and now. We don't even have to count on Tobias Harris. Now Tobias Harris can truly be that third best player, and that's what they—that's what they got him for. That's what—that's what he was. That—that's part. It was part of the deal, part of the selling point, that he was going to be able to, you know, be the running mate next to Embiid and Simmons. But Simmons is the one who never lived up to his uh, billing, and you could argue that Harris has not. You know, he's been—it's a horrible contract, and he's been overpaid and everything, but. He performs here and there, and he's just not consistent, and you can't count on him. Now he the the pressure is completely off of him. Now he just has to be another guy and another another player, and that's huge. You know, you're going to start a lineup with Maxi Harden, Harris, Embiid, and one of either Danny Green or Matisse Thybul. That's probably what your starting lineup will be, and that's a tough tough lineup. I imagine some games you're going to see Thybul due to the defense. And, uh, you know, Danny Green's going to be the shooter, I guess. And that's a little, you know, concerning. I'm not going to lie to you. I would have liked to have seen Danny Green get flipped at the deadline for something. But we, you know, we bet you, we can't, we can't have it all. You know, I, I guess that that's basically my, um, my point. And, you know, we have, we're having tweets. Uh, ben Simmons has already talked to Kevin Durant, Sean Marks, Clutch Sports, Rich Paul tells ESPN. Simmons is eager to join the Nets and ramp up for a return to play this, this season. Paul says, we've got to work. Or we've we've got to work to uh this is he fucked this up so we've got work to do to get him back to play but it's it's a great step in the right direction so they don't even know if he you know like he's not even ready to play or in shape or ready to go now so I mean with the Nets in the midst of a nine game losing streak and now they're not going to have James Harden which they haven't had anyway uh, Kyrie Irving on road games and KD still battling back from a knee injury they're you know they are in trouble they are right now at, at this moment are in trouble if they can get into the playoffs. And not have to be, you know, backs against the wall. I mean, they're the eight seed right now. That's yeah, you know, that's crazy. That's how uh, closely contested this Eastern Conference is. They're five and a half games out of first place, but they are the eight seed right now. The Sixers are the five seed, two and a half out of first place behind the Cavs and Bulls. Heat are number one, and you know, and the Bucks are two. So the Sixers definitely, if Harden is going to play relatively soon and get, get into the action right, you know, right away, this hamstring injury, this flu, flugazy hamstring injury, if that's going to stick around or 
if it's kind of he's just going to be ready to go as soon as he gets here, that's what we're hoping. Then that that remains to be seen, or you know, needs to be figured out. But James Harden, and we also got Paul Millsap. So, and that's another bench guy too. You know, he's a little he's a little on the old side. Uh, not exactly a premier uh, piece that he used to be when he was in Utah. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say premier, but you guys, you get the drift. You know what I'm saying. He was he was a solid player then, but uh, he's not exactly that guy anymore. And things were not working out in uh, in Brooklyn for him. I know he was away from the team trying to get a, a trade at a certain point, and he hasn't played since January 13th. I mean, he's 36 years old now. He'll be 37 in a few days. Uh, he might. I think he is there. I think today is his birthday, actually, but... Um, Happy birthday to Paul Millsap. Uh, you know, we'll see what we get out of him or even if he's going to get bought out or what the deal is and whatever. You know, I, you never know with this stuff. I get excited about guys and then they get bought out and flipped right away for this or that or you had to clear space for him, whatever. But I think Paul Millsap could definitely help us as just another piece off the bench. He kind of, you know, you don't, like you said, he's, like I said, he's going to be 37. You don't know what you're getting out of him. And it's not really the point though, right? It's not really the point. Still going to need a backup center. You're still going to need some shooter of some point or of some sort. And the main thing is you got James Harden. You have a generational talent now to pair with Joel Embiid. This is what we set out from the very beginning to do when this whole Simmons didn't want to come back and the trade conversation kind of became that you know, this was a reality and this was how it's going to be. That there was no reconciliation in the future or there was no way that we were able going to be able to make this right at any point that you know down the road he had made his mind up I'm out I don't want to be here you know and we kind of you know anyone who watched that playoff series last year had made the decision this is not going to work he he just is not built for this he is not the player that we want to have next to Joel Embiid and we need to look elsewhere we need to do you know we just need to worry about ourselves and find someone else that can help Joel Embiid and credit to Daryl Morey because uh, he has a iron stomach and iron will that he knew you know maybe like uh, some people have uh, indicated he had the the uh, the answers to the test he knew what was going on he knew exactly you know that he knew that James Harden eventually was going to become available for him that he was you know he wanted to come here and he wanted to he likes Daryl Morey he likes Michael Rubin I'm sure he loves James or uh, Joel Embiid because who doesn't love Joel Embiid? He it's just a, a match made in heaven, pretty much, and it's it, it, I couldn't I really couldn't be happier. I, I'm trying to temper expectations on here because you know I'm, I'm Mr. Professional on the podcast, but as a Sixers fan, I tr- I'm truly not even kidding. I've never been this excited. This is the best one-two punch we've ever had uh, since I've been a fan. You know, I'm sure guys will tell you Moses and Dot, whatever. Have fun with that. Sixers, since I've been born, I was born in like 95, Allen Iverson and Chris Webber. Remember that? That was, you know, Chris Webber was an old man by then and he was not the same player and and Allen Iverson was trending in the wrong direction too. But that was, the, in my mind, the first time they had gotten somebody that was like, damn, like this is nice. This is, you know, we I thought I was getting Chris Webber from the Kings, you know, the one that was battling with Shaq and Kobe in the Western Conference Finals and everything like that. It didn't turn out that way. But, you know, that that to me is the last time I remember a trade going down where we were and this is that's not even close. I don't even I'm not even trying to compare it or bring that in the same sense because what we're getting in this guy 
is truly is just a truly rem- it's a remarkable player. Let me read you some of his accolades and just some of his stats. I mean, he in 2018 he's the most valuable player. Okay, he's a 10 time All Star, six time for uh, All NBA First Team, won six Man of the Year in 2012. You know, he's a three time scoring champion, assist leader one year. You know, he's part of the uh, NBA 75th anniversary team. You know, absolutely, truly remarkable player who has put up some seasons that will, you know, be talked about later on. And he is just truly one of the best and elite perimeter scorers that this league has ever seen. And it's easily the best guy we've had since Allen Iverson as a perimeter scorer or a perimeter scoring threat. Without question. I don't even say that with any trepidation or worry. I mean, are, are you kidding me? Look, look at what I just read to you. You know, that, that this guy is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let me read you some of the, you know, like, what is the most points per game he's ever averaged, right? Three years in a row when he was the scoring champion. 30.4, 36 points a game. Okay, he averaged 36 points a game one year and 34. Now, since then, it was 24, 24, uh, 324 years and then 22 the last two years in Brooklyn haven't really been the the best, you know, per se. But the one year in Houston, he didn't really. Or I'm sorry, the, the those that's the same year, the 24 and 24. Uh, Houston, he got traded to Brooklyn. He still averaged the same. But basketball reference got me all 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 sorts of fucked up right now. But it, it, that was all one year, so he didn't average. It, it was basically just that season he averaged 24, and then this season he's averaging 22. And it's obvious this year that he's mailed it in. He wants he wanted nothing to do with what was going on in Brooklyn. You could just tell by some of the highlights you've seen of him just you know the ball going backcourt and him just like walking back and letting a guy pick it up and dunk it. Hamstring injuries and just not really not really caring or or just mailing it in kind of like I already said it's. That's a concern. I'm not going to lie because it seems like that is a tendency for him to just kind of when, you know, I don't want to compare or do anything like that, but it just seems like, you know, he's quit on a few teams now. So that that does worry me and especially worries me if we're going to be giving him a $220 million extension in the future and have him be a part of our team until he's 38 with a guy who is not exactly in the greatest shape has had uh, you know soft tissue injuries throughout his whole career, things of that nature. But I'm not really here to talk about the negative today. Truly, I don't because I don't care. I would I would make this deal again and again and again. There's no doubt in my mind today. I would not even think about it because there's no better option. There is no better option right now. I told you the other day that I wanted Bradley Beal because of the age, you know, all all that. I didn't think he would cost as much. Uh, you know. Whatever I didn't want to, I didn't want to give up Thibault. I did not want to give up Maxi, because I thought that that in order to get Harden, you were going to have to do something like that. You were going to have to overpay and trade a lot for him. Turned out you didn't have to. You know, Curry was a movable asset in my mind. You got you traded Josh Richardson for him. Andre Drummond, that's another guy, absolutely a movable asset. Love him. You know, he's been he's been a absolutely. Uh, key piece in the, in the rotation giving uh, Joel Embiid for the first time that we've had in a while a much needed rest and uh, you know we could have him off the floor for a little bit you know but still it doesn't it's not gonna that's that's what I, I've already said it's not gonna stop me from making this deal I would make this deal again and again and again 
And the Sixers have James Harden now, and now they are absolutely, if we can get a James Harden who is committed and wants to play, and it sounds like he wanted, you know, the report came out today, he wants to be a Sixer. You know, Wojnarowski was the one saying, ah, they haven't even talked. This isn't going to happen. You know, yesterday he was saying that, basically saying Brian Windhorst is a fraud, which we all owe an apology to Brian Windhorst, me especially, because I didn't believe a, sh- a-, a word he was saying. I thought he was just a mouthpiece for, for clutch sports. And he was just saying whatever they told him to say. And yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The deal zone. All that nonsense. He was right. He was absolutely right. Now, now it's it's all it's all systems go. We are, are, I am 100% locked in on the future. And the future is now. We must go out and continue Joel Embiid's MVP season Put James Harden next to him and just grow that chemistry right now immediately in an attempt to get us ready for the playoffs because we have now two months until April, until the April playoffs begin. You know, we have the rest of February, we have the, the entire month of March and the beginning of April in that regular season, and that is our chance to grow this, grow this chemistry and build this team into a, you know, a serious, serious contender to Win, win the NBA Finals, and, and at the very least, get there. Because, you you know, you, when you played the Suns the other night, it, it was very apparent how, you know, not that we were that far away, but it was just, we're not there, you know. That's, that's what I got from watching that game, and it was mainly due to the fact that the different lineups and just no one, you know, I mean, Tobias had a great game, but no no one else did, you know. not Tobias, I mean, obviously, Joel did. That, that goes without saying, but we just needed more. You could tell you needed more. And now with having James Harden, a guy who can, at the end of the game, this is what we've been missing for years and years and years. A guy you can give the ball to at the end of the game and say, listen, man, take care of business. Put the ball in the right hands. Do what needs to be done. And don't, you know, who's not fearful or scared or the ball doesn't turn into a fucking hot potato at the end of the game because that is what Ben Simmons was for last year. Or last, I mean, his whole career here. As soon as he would cross half court, that ball's getting dumped down in the post. He's running over to the uh, to the corner or standing in the dunker spot, just absolutely drawing a double team to Joel. And it's just you know you're counting on your center every single time to get us a bucket or or find someone who's open or become basically the point guard. And that's not that's not going to work. And we we've we've found out that it's not going to work. You can't count on the center at the end of the game to like he's going to get his buckets. Joel is absolutely the MVP and everything, but you can't put all of that pressure on him. It can't always be on Joel Embiid. He needed a running mate. He needed this so badly. And we all, throughout the Delaware Valley and across the world, all Sixers fans worldwide, we knew that like we wanted somebody to just help him. We wanted it to be Ben so bad. And he never, he just never, it never materialized. He never wanted it to be him. Like I said, uh, it was just a mentality and and just something that he wasn't really that important to him. He didn't want to put himself out there, risk looking bad, looking stupid. And then what wound up happening? He wound up looking bad. He wound up looking stupid. His coach is saying, we don't know if we can win with you. Joel absolutely hates the guy. He puts he puts up the picture of the dude that, that showed up to his biggest hater's funeral. That's incredible. That that's <laughs> That just goes to show you, he was playing nice the whole time. But he, but he was playing nice, but at the same time, I don't get paid to babysit. And that's a fact. Joel Embiid does not get paid to babysit. He gets paid for results. He gets paid to win games. 
And that's what that's what the that's what we're gonna do, man. And that's the the great thing about this. It is it is not it's not a discussion of what could be or what could have happened or you know, what what are we gonna go from here or you know what's gonna who are we gonna get in the off season and all that. It's done. We got James Harden. James Harden is a Philadelphia 76er and he's here for at least next year. And we are all systems go, man. And I, I you know, I, you can't tell me otherwise. Like I, I tweeted it out, you know, if the Sixers do get James Harden today, I will not be able to speak rationally about this team. It, the fan in me will come out all the time now. Obviously, I can't help myself. I still will be that guy like, all right, relax, whatever. But when you, you, you know, James Harden is James Harden, dude. He's one of the best players of our generation. That's a fact. With, you know, without question. He is 100% one of the best perimeter players, creators, scorers, everything. You, there's a million accolades and adjectives and just compliments you can give that man. You know, and, and we have him now. And he's playing next to Joel Embiid, who is going to win the MVP. So... You, I want you, I'm, it's on whoever's listening to this podcast who thinks I'm a fucking moron to tell me why the Sixers can't win the championship this year. And the only thing I can think of is that maybe they don't have enough depth now. That they traded a couple guys and now I, that's, all, that's all we need now. Buyouts, guys like that, convince someone to come here, convince a couple guys to come here. And, and that's all we need, a, a shooter and a backup center. That is all we are away from winning the NBA championship in my mind. And, you know, injuries and all that nonsense holding us back. That's the only thing. That truly is the only thing in my mind. Now, in the offseason, maybe you want to trade Tobias, open up some other stuff. You can talk about that all later on down the road. But right now, we have the boys with us. We have our lineup. We have, we have our squad ready to roll, ready to go, and ready to take on anyone in the Eastern Conference. The only two teams... Well, I guess the Nets do scare me still because I just want to see what they look like and you know when, if KD's going to come back, what's Ben going to look like, all that, all that stuff. The only two teams I truly view as threats now are the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's in our Eastern Conference, and the Phoenix Suns. Now, that's just because I I, I only believe the Phoenix Suns are coming out of the West. I don't know if you're going to be able to. You know, I mean, the Warriors are still the Warriors. Grizzlies are one of the best teams in the league. Jazz are the Jazz. The Mavericks have just traded Chris Stapps. You know, the Nuggets are still there. Jokic and all the graph, the graph boys out there. The, the the numbers crunchers are still holding on to that hope. The Timberwolves are somehow in the playoffs. You know, the Clippers. None of these teams out west. No one's going to make a run like that. You know, I I believe we could beat the Heat. I believe we could beat the Bulls with no problem, the Cavs with no problem. We're going to match up with the Cavs this weekend. You know, the Celtics are still around. The Raptors are always going to scare me a little bit due to, uh, you know, a little bit of PTSD and whatnot. But right now, you you can't tell me otherwise. And I can't wait to see it in person. Like, not even in person, on television, any, anything, man. I, this, that's all. Now it's like it's given me new life, truly new life. Uh, you know, uh, it's any sort of depression or sadness or anything you feel in life. Now you can just think, Sixers have James Harden. They're going to play on Tuesday, whatever, you know. Friday night, he probably won't play. Saturday, who knows. Uh, Tuesday, it's 
eventually you're going to get to see James Harden take the floor at the Wells Fargo Center. And you're going to hear Matt Cord introduce him as a 6'5 guard from Arizona State, number whatever, James Harden. And the place is going to go fucking absolutely nuts. And you don't have to think about what could have been and what, what should be and just all of the stuff that's not basketball. That's not a, that's just, it's just a negative. It's all just going to draw away from what we were trying to do. And I always told you guys, I thought this team could win a championship based off the fact that we have the best player in the league. We have the best player in the league. All we needed to do was give him some help. And that's why I was willing to make these minor deals or other deals. And that's why maybe I'm a moron. But I truly now believe Daryl Morey knew something we didn't. He had the inside information. He knew he knew what James Harden wanted to do, and he knew that he could get him. He knew James Harden was not happy in Brooklyn. He he just he waited it out, and he perfectly waited for about an hour and a half before the deadline, and he was able to pull the deal without giving up two of his young prospects. And it, it's you know a couple picks you know in the future. That's nothing. Drummond, that's another guy you can replace. You he basically he's making nothing. Curry. Shooter, you know that 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 hurts a little bit. But the other night he was absolutely awful. So it's not a guy you're exactly trusting or counting on. We might now. I'm not gonna lie. We might miss him a little bit, but you can't tell me whatever he was doing for our team that James Harden can't replace that. He definitely can. That guy's a true scorer, true flat out scorer. And I just told you he averaged 35 points in a season, a game, triple double machine. That's what we just got, and I hope we get even 75 to 80% of that guy, and I hope he's motivated, and I hope he truly believes that we can win a championship here, and I hope he's motivated to win a championship here, and I, I think he is, and I think playing with Joel Embiid will give him new life and will we'll make him want to go into the trenches, get his hands dirty, and just you know be that guy again, and you know there's excellent gentlemen's clubs around the area to keep him you know primed and ready to go okay club risque cheerleaders delilah's just to name a few now i did want to talk about before we get out of here you know and thank you as well for joining me the emergency podcast it's been uh what a great day and i'll i will be i'm never going to stop talking about this i'm going to have um getting our youtube cooked up we're going to start doing some youtube videos talking about just anything that i don't get to talk about on the podcast per week um, I'm going to have more guests on. I'm working on some guests, uh, some interviews and a couple of MMA guys, a couple of, you know, just different, uh, f- other Sixers, Eagles, all that fans, guys with knowledge and guys who know what they're doing, guys who cover the team. been talking to some few, a few guys to just, you know, try and get them on here, maybe get a little interview just to shake it up a little bit. Cause I just want to hear different opinions here on the hot take hot box. That's what I'm here for. Um, let's just talk about some other trades. Dennis Schroeder, another guy that the Sixers were, you know, at least that I wanted or we all kind of, you know, thought would be a nice backup point guard. I guess if this Harden thing didn't go down, but he got traded to the Rockets and um, the Rockets may look at buyouts for one or both players because Houston are they Enos, uh, Enos Cantor Freedom, uh, but he's Enos Freedom now. Uh, and Bruno Fernando are in that deal too. So I don't know what that move is. Probably a salary picks move or uh, whatnot. Knicks did not make a deal. Lakers did not make a deal. They'll focus on the buyout market. Uh, Daniel Tice went to the Celtics in that deal. 
the Wizards, uh, they they were able to acquire Kristaps Porzingis. It's crazy how uh, how the greats have fallen in a package centered around Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Davis Bumtons, aka Davis Bertons. Uh, he was also in that deal. Um, Montrez Harrell going to Charlotte for Vernon Carey and Ish Smith. Uh, interesting deal. So it seems like there was a lot of periphery. Uh, periphery. I don't know exactly what that word is. I'm going to work on that. That's that's going to be my po- my podcast homework now to figure out the English language. Tory Craig got traded to the Suns for Jalen Smith and a future second round pick. The the Celtics acquired Derek White in a deal. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets still working aggressively to make more deals today, uh, and then the, the big one, you know, James Harden has been traded to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. The Nets will get the Sixers' 2022 first-round pick unprotected with a right to defer until 2023. Interesting, and a 2027 uh, first-round pick protected one to eight. So I mean, that's that's a, a while down the road. Uh, and the pick would roll over again to 2028 protected one to two again. The picks turn into two seconds and two million in 2029. So there you go. That's that. There was a lot of conversation about that. It's not as easy these deals one for one player player. You have there's a lot to that needs to be discussed and figure out. The Celtics are trading PJ Dozier and Bull Bull. Shout out to Bull Bull and a future second and cash to the Magic for a second-round pick. Sources tell ESPN, Dozier, and Bull are both out for the season, cost savings for Boston. And then there was a big deal, a four-team deal that went down. Dante DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles, and Josh Jackson are going to the Kings. Serge Ibaka, two second-round picks, and cash going to the Bucks. Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale going to the Clippers, and the Pistons were able to get Marvin Bagley the third. So... Kind of a little bit of a random deal there. I guess the Bucks getting a Serge Ibaka who could guard uh, Embiid or at least help with the guarding of Embiid and, and whatnot because it seems like that's going to be that. That to me is what's setting up and what what the matchup's going to be eventually down the road. It will be Sixers Bucks for all the marbles to get into the NBA Finals. Us playing the reigning defending champions. Uh, that's going to be something you tell your kids about. It's just going to be some biblical theatrical live theater stuff that you're going to get to see for the NBA this year. And now the Sixers are a part of it. It's real now. We are not just a, oh, well, wait till next year. What could have been sort of situation? We're here. We're now. We're ready to go. And we are wasting no time. The Raptors are trading Joe Goran Dragic and a protected 2022 first-round pick to the Spurs for Thad Young, Drew Eubanks, and a 2022 second-round pick. It's crazy all the different... Uh, picks that go back and forth and protections and whatnot. And it's, uh, you know, it's crazy. Just Harden's hopeful Maury secures trade for him today. But Maury and Sean Marks have yet to become engaged in serious dialogue on a deal. That was at 840 this morning. So, I mean, I don't know how that I'm supposed to believe that. But there's an expectation the sides will talk today. And possibility of a deal remains. Both teams are left measuring the risk and reward of a Harden deal now. You know, I don't know how that could have been true or anything like that. But crazy to see the Lakers and different teams like that who kind of stayed out of it, didn't want nothing to do with it. And now the Sixers have James Harden and they've made the biggest deal, the biggest splash of the, of the, the free or the trade deadline. And you know, you got guys like Stephen A saying it's the worst deal that Daryl Morey's ever made which makes no sense. I mean, we're acting like Ben Simmons is Scottie Pippen or like this. 
he's going to come in there and just change change the culture. And he's, you know, come on, we're talking about Ben fucking Simmons here, you know, and he was never going to play for us anyway. So it, that truly doesn't matter to me. What are we going to oh make sure we send him out west so we don't have to see him? Like like I'm scared of Ben Simmons. No thanks, dude. No thanks. And there is a stat today about uh, you know James Harden still averaging over 30 points a game when every time he's played Ben Simmons. So that 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 doesn't worry me all that much. And Joel, who's who's going to guard Joel Embiid? Drummond? What what you, you know? Come on, come on. Let's be real. Let's be real. Stop stop with the cap. Stop with the negativity, uh, Mr. Sass. We we won this trade. We're the ones who made out here. We got James Harden. We got a former MVP. And I dare anyone out there to convince me otherwise this is going to be, a, uh, you know. And maybe maybe you're right. Maybe his hamstring disintegrates and, and it's not worth it and he quits on the team again and whatnot. But we already had a guy who quit on the team, so it can't get much worse. You know, the guy already quit on the team. He stopped playing for us. So, I'd rather trade for a guy who can, you know, who actually wants to be here, wants to play here, and wants to play with Joel Embiid, and has a skill set that can actually go next to him and play and and be an incredible counterpart. You know, it's not even a Batman Robin situation. Like I saw the my guy, I follow the eight ball on uh, on Twitter. He said, "This is two Batmans, man. This is truly two Batmans together. There is no one A and one B. Like, it, I mean, obviously." I would I would say Joel Embiid is the one A because this is his team, and then you have you know James Harden having to not be the best player on the team and be a counterpart. That's a scary, scary situation. He can have the ball in his hands as much as he wants. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me. That's about all I have for you. I give you forty minutes of of an emergency podcast, and I, I could go all day. I could sit here and talk about what I think and all, all of this nonsense, but I'm going to let you all go. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining me. I love doing this. I, I, I'll keep saying it again and again. This is the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney.